Welcome back to Select Insights. When Mike and I were initially contemplating who to bring on as our first supplier partners, we couldn't think of one better than Hyatt Hotels and Resorts. Not only has Hyatt continued to be a wonderful partner to the travel agency community, but I'm personally excited to showcase how they're continuing to grow as a brand. Their corporate culture is deeply rooted in well-being, from their clients to their employees. It's an ethos that shows in all of their decisions, whether it be acquiring brands like Miraval and Exhale Spa, to growing their loyalty platform to incorporate wellness resources for their guests. So stay tuned to hear more on that and other developments from the world of Hyatt from its two sales leaders, Vice President of Global Sales, Kristen Dowell, and Christina Gambini, Vice President of Luxury Sales. Cue the intro. Welcome back to Select Insights. This is Karen McGee recording from New York as usual here with Mike Heflin, my co-host. Hi, Karen. Hi, Mike. Um, And today we've got the first episode um, where we're bringing on some of our best partners. Hyatt Hotels is here um, to kind of give us a little bit of an update of what's going on in the Hyatt world. Yeah, we're, uh, we're super excited to have you guys. So thank you so much for joining us. As people who've been listening from the beginning know, we're really focused on sort of three different areas with these podcasts. The first was our leadership series, sort of introducing you to the personalities that make up Travel Leaders Group and all of the unique industry talent and expertise that makes up Travel Leaders. Uh, We've also released a couple of episodes around destination focused. And our third is really to talk about the business of travel and what's going on in the partnership world. Um, And we are extremely pleased to have Hyatt with us today to talk about all the exciting things that are going on across the Hyatt brands, we we promised that we would start by diving into this at a personal level to give you guys a little background on who's joining us um, and what makes them unique, these individuals and special to this industry. Um, but then there's so many exciting things going on across Hyatt as a portfolio that we're really excited to dive into. Um, so Christina, Tristan, wonderful to have you guys. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Um, do you mind doing quick intros? Christina, you want to start? Sure. Uh, I'm Christina Gambini, uh, Regional Vice President for the Americas for our luxury lifestyle and leisure sales team with Hyatt. I started my career on the hotel side at the front desk of a small hotel in New York called the Salisbury. Uh, and I did front desk, reservations, concierge, and a number of positions before going into sales. I stayed in sales, and uh, after six years, I crossed over to the agency side and worked with all of you, starting with Zell as the director and uh, becoming a vice president, and then launching the hotel programs for travel leaders. was with the company for about 10 years before I decided it was time to go back to my hotel roots and went to work with Hyatt Hotels. Yeah, that's awesome, Christina. Thank you. And it's wonderful to have you back. It's awesome having Christina wander the halls because she's uh, known everyone here for a decade longer than I we was going to say, we, Mike, we might need to give her an intro to Zell. And, yeah. And all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure what the company's back. all about. Yeah, of course. <laughs> 
Well, I'm, I'm Tristan Dow, and uh, I oversee our global luxury lifestyle and leisure team uh, for Hyatt Corporation. Delighted to have uh, Christina on board, and um, thank you, Zell, for uh, allowing us to have her. Um, but um, importantly, um, my background is um, started in the marketing uh, world. Uh, I worked for a marketing company in London. Um, that transpired to work for some destination um, management companies uh, within that organization. Then from then went to work for uh, leading hotels of the world uh, in a marketing sales capacity. Had the pleasure of working in some, um, working and living in some great destinations uh, around the world. Um, then from then went to work for uh, Le Meridian um, and then went to work for Hyatt um, overseeing um, brands. So um, helped support and launch the Andaz brand and then went into overseeing the Park Hyatt brand. Um, and then recently back to um, sales about four years ago, um, heading and leading our global luxury and lifestyle team. Um, and a big, big focus on the agency community. And um, that's why I love to be here and doing this today and, and sharing our passion for the, the travel business. That's awesome. Andaz and yeah. Park Hyatt, you've really been roughing it. It sounds <laughs> terrible. You know, there, there, there are some great bands out there, but um, yeah. yeah, Park and Andaz are especially unique to us. By the accent, I'd guess you're from Iowa? Exactly, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> it's uh, originally um, born in Bredon in a little place called Shrewsbury, um, either in the Midlands or the Northwest, depending on where you're looking at geography. But um, you know, my roots are, are solid in the UK, but now a, a real Chicago. <laughs> yeah, now a deep Chicago. And we love, we love the Chicago transition. Um, thank you guys very much. We appreciate the background. Thank you. I think it always helps. Uh, helps with everybody feel a connection to where you guys come from. And I think it's one of the amazing things about this industry is that everyone has touched a little bit of everything, right? I think we speak from a lot of experience in the way that we approach the market because you've seen multiple brands. It's amazing to have worked actually on property and understand all the intricacies that go into selling a property. So that's, uh, it's one of the beautiful things about this, right? People don't realize how many people in travel are like deeply in travel and what that means to their ability to bring a unique experience to guests because you've seen it from every level. You're so right, Mike, because you, you've, mm -hmm. you've got to live and breathe it to really understand you know, what you're marketing, you know, what you're selling, um, and to understand what's important from an operational standpoint because sometimes the ideas you can have may not operationalize at, mm -hmm. the, at the property level. So a really, really key point. Especially, I think, when you're working with a brand as, as large as Hyatt with as many individual brands underneath it, you need to make sure the operations are in line with what makes an Andaz very, very different from a Park Hyatt. And I think um, Hyatt does a really, really good job at that versus some of the other brands with, with multiple identities underneath their portfolio. Well, that's nice to say, um, Karen. I mean, you know, we, you know, we are relatively still quite a small brand, um, you know, but there's some great hotel brands out there too. But, you know, picking up your question is that, you know, we we have purposefully really looked at what differentiates each of our brands. Um, and it's on a journey we've been on for really the last sort of, you know, 10 years. You know, what's unique to Park Hyatt? What's, what's, what's differentiated in the Andaz uh, brand? And, and bring all those together uh, from, you know, luxury, which is Park Hyatt, then through to our select service brand, which is Hyatt House, Hyatt Place. And then recently, um, two years ago, we, we went into the all-inclusive uh, market as well with Hyatt Ziva and Zalara. Yeah, and do you do that with different, this is just 
kind of a hotel geek question. Is it a, a completely different marketing team that really focuses and, and dives deeply into each of those brands? Do you have a Hyatt team that then kind of decides what the different brand um, identities are and then they just do a similar type of thing in a different way? Like how, how do you keep them different as you continue to grow and expand? So that's a, that's a great question. So we have a commercial services team. Within the commercial services team, we have uh, what we call you know, our, our master brand, you know, Hyatt brand marketing. Um, and then we do have a dedicated brand team, um, which you know would focus either on initiatives that we are doing maybe solely for the Park Hyatt brand, um, or what are we doing around Grand Hyatt, like Living Grand, um, or bringing to life uh, what we're doing, you know, with Andas, with the the Andas Salon uh, activations we're doing. So um, we, we we take a twofold approach. So we look at you know the whole Hyatt brand overall and how that aligns to our purpose of we care for people to be our best, but then also drilling that down. So, you know, when Karen or Michael, when you're going to maybe, you know, Paris or, or Sydney, that you get to experience that Park Hyatt brand, maybe in Sydney at Park Hyatt Sydney, Karen and then Michael, when you're going to Singapore, that you get to experience what and that Singapore is all about. Yeah, that makes sense. It allows you to scale, but also keep the uniqueness about all the different brands. Correct. Um, one of the questions I have, sorry to jump in, Mike, but um, is I love the I love the way you've identified your teams in terms of luxury and lifestyle, right? Like you see a lot of hotel brands are just focusing on just that luxury piece. And to me, the lifestyle side of it doesn't just speak to the the brands that maybe fit into a lifestyle portfolio from a product perspective, but how are how does Hyatt as a brand become a lifestyle brand as opposed to just purely a product brand? Um, was that any like factor in how you decided to name that team or was it was it to identify on Daza's lifestyle, Park Hyatt? As, as luxury, the real the real sort of workings behind all that was you know literally three years ago we've always had a global luxury team. Um, when I was on the brand t- the brand team leading Park and Andas, we always had a dedicated team focused on on luxury. But as we certainly evolved, um, we looked at it and understood you know our customers. So if we use Zelle for example, we know that you have a, a customer base that has you know you know, a strong demand for, you know, high-end luxury properties. But also we understand that, you know, you play in that space as well where you have customers that touch various brands, which is lifestyle-focused, you know. And, and luxury and lifestyle can mean different things to different people. So the real purpose for us when we were looking at it was to, first of all, look at the segment that we're serving. Um, and we focus on luxury, lifestyle, and leisure. Um, so we work with our partners like Travel Leaders Group um, and our other agency partners and leisure partners and luxury partners uh, around the world in that segment. So purposefully it was it was in that direction to ensure that we link into our customer base but also at the same time align to you know Hyatt overall. Um, so luxury uh, for Park Hyatt then lifestyle and as Hyatt centric but leisure as well. Uh, because we have resorts that fall into Hyatt Regency, Grand Hyatt, but also understanding that if we look at Travel Leaders Group, we know that you buy across brands, so we need to be able to have a team and a you know a network that can that can align to that. Mm-hmm. Does that that make yeah. sense? No, that makes perfect sense. Christine, I'm always interested in this sort of coming off of the luxury and lifestyle piece. You especially, who went from having oversight for you know, tens of thousands of hotels globally. What's it been like to get a chance to go so much deeper in specific brands, right? To really learn 
what's different, what makes them unique, what makes them special. I think sometimes we get lost in the clouds a little bit, right? And one of the great things about talking to you guys on the brand side is you get a chance to really sort of own it from from beginning to end and really deeply understand what that brand value like. And I'm super interested what that experience has been like as you've sort of, you know, dove in head first. Yeah, uh, it's a great question, Michael. So, you know, having been on the other side, I think brand education was a big part of what we had to do, you know, helping our advisors understand our different partners and the many brands, as you mentioned, Karen, which can get a bit confusing out there these days. Having crossed over, I think, you know, it's interesting to see the challenges we have. Uh, I thought it would be easier on this side. It's not. <laughs> uh, you know, we have some incredible brands. You know, getting to know it, you know, internally has been fantastic uh, to see, okay, here's kind of what I thought. Here's, yes, this Park Hyatt is a luxury brand. It's not traditional luxury. You know, we are going a different direction there. Andaz is a lifestyle brand, but they're not only a lifestyle property. They are luxury hotels as well. Uh, our difficult task is how do we get that education across to our partners? And that's from advisor on down, right? So that they are communicating that message to their customer. Uh, so it is uh, a continued challenge, but it is a lot of fun. And what we do see is that our partners, whether we bucket them in one area of luxury, lifestyle, leisure, as Tristan said, they are booking all of our brands. Uh, and that's something that I think is particularly important for the agency community because many do tend to think, oh, we only book your luxury brands or we only have this corporate business going to these brands or group. It's not true. I mean, you are using all of our brands. Uh, and that's why we work so con so you know closely with people like Karen or Andy at Pro to help make sure that we're continuing that ongoing education. And to be fair, I mean, the market's kind of forcing that dialogue, too, on our side, because um, luxury is not the same thing to every person and to every agent. So, yeah, I mean, for us, too, it's not just what makes you luxurious, but how and in what way and in which clients does that match? So that's why I think going back to the idea of creating sort of a luxury and lifestyle team is a really great way to kind of brand that function within your organization as opposed to just we sell the luxury brands. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's pretty cool. It's a great point. You, you, you just um, sort of emphasize there, Karen, because you give the example is that, you know, luxury can mean different things to different people and lifestyle. I mean, lifestyle, you can be talking about well-being, you can be talking about you know, extreme sports, adventure. Uh, we can be talking that Mike and I have a lifestyle commitment to get back to be for our children's Halloween party. On, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly, on our Wednesday only morning. lifestyle yeah. commitment. Yeah. So, so really, I mean, I think in, in the world we're in today is that, you know, and that's why it's, it's wonderful to work with, you know, agency partners like Travel Leaders Group because, you know, you're introducing your customers to us and understanding in partnership, you know, what's important to them. You know, time, time is so, so important, I think, to everybody and help really help declutter um, some of the you know some of the content and some of the some of the information that's out there um, and that's also a big aspect on lifestyle to understand you know Karen we know what you like to do maybe when you go away for you know spring break um, or when Christina goes away with her family is what are the key you know the personal aspects of making that come to life, and that's all about lifestyle. And uh, so it's a it's it's a big big scope. I love that approach, though. I love the definition of lifestyle less as the type of product and more as the expectation of service. Yeah. Right? We've talked about this a lot. That the 
evolution that we're sort of most enjoying in the travel space right now is that, is this refocus on what does it mean to serve a customer and a client base, as opposed to thinking that one product is right for everybody. How do we create a service infrastructure that means we can make any product right for any individual person in a way that is sort of truly personalized. It's obviously why we're so passionate about the idea of agent-driven travel is because they do offer a very different level of service, but finding true partners in that, right? We always talk about once a guest steps foot on a hotel, an advisor is putting a huge amount of faith in that property to carry forward their expectation of service, right? The agent has basically made a promise to that customer that they're gonna get the same level of quality and service on property as they got sort of prior to the trip and would get post the trip. And finding partners who have designed the way that they work with the agent community as a reflection of that is awesome. And I think it speaks to the way that you've leveraged your product in the market. And that's something that we love, right? I mean, that's a, a stamp of approval and a promise that we feel good then giving to the advisors because we know they're in good hands once they sort of hand a customer off, which is really the formal travel process. You make a really interesting point there because you know, I think in the past people have talked about demographics a lot, but what you're angling to is more psychographics, you know, mm -hmm. what, a, what, a, what a customer's interested in and, and bringing together like-minded people, um, whether that's around a brand or around an experience. And that's very much, you know, how we try and approach things through experiences and, and, and partners yourself, because we see the, the agency space and, and travel leaders group is that you're part of that whole guest experience for us. You're so integral to that pre-arrival you know, that pre-arrival experience and also post-arrival. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's something which we really want to continue to build on is what can we do to bring everything together from supporting the post, you know, the pre-arrival and post-arrival and, you know, we'll help take care of the, the piece in between. Yeah. It's really smart. I mean, partners that really look at advisors as an extension of their sales, that's the best way to do it. And I think you obviously do a really great job of it. But another good example of how you kind of support the community is something we have struggled with in terms of the book direct campaigns, right? They're all out there in B2C marketing in terms of, um, you know, book on our website and you'll be able to get the lowest rate. I mean, of course, we all know that we, we understand the motive and the reason to want to do that. Obviously, it's taking away, you know, potential, maybe not taking away business from OTAs, but, you know, you want to be able to grow your own platforms. And that makes sense. That makes business sense. Um, for us, though, the, the holdup for the advisors is that it comes across as if they're not able to also, you know, bring the, the right value or the same value for that particular booking. Um, and that's not true, right? Like we've give, been given ability to book all of those different rate codes on behalf of our agents, but Hyatt has done something very different in letting consumers know that upfront. Um, so on all your campaigns, it says, you know, book direct or call your travel advisors. And that's something that's made our advisors very loyal to Hyatt. Can you just give us a little bit of your thought process as to like why you decided to prioritize that? Because it's been hugely beneficial. Well, thank you for that opportunity to explain. I mean, and also just to be completely transparent as well is that, um, you know, we, we were very sort of focused on that because we also, you know, we made mistakes uh, in the past and, you know, we continue to really, as we, as we grow, we want to make sure that we engage with the right partners. But from the very early time, we, we listen to the voice of the, cons the customer. And that customer is you um, mm -hmm. around this table, our partners as well. Um, and the importance of book direct campaigns. So, you know, we took that back and, you know, it was very much what I call a knowledge sharing exercise, you know. It was to sit down and, you know, with, with, with my entire team and also our corporate team in our hotels to, to explain that the agency community 
you know, it's it's an integral part to a partner to us. You're introducing your customers to our brands. Um, you're trusting us with your customers, and that was an important part when we looked to do future campaigns. Um, was be inclusive. So book on Hyatt.com or through your travel professional. Um, that's that, that's the key philosophy to it. Is that we understand that you know. You deliver significant ADRs. Um, it's a relatively low cost of sale, um, and going back to what I earlier mentioned is that you know for us you're part of that whole guest experience um, platform. You know from the from the pre-arrival, and if we have trust, um, and I'm sure we're all we're all human beings, we'll we'll we, we, we'll trip over ourselves now and again. But I think if we can have that transparency. Um, and we both understand, you know, our ultimate business goals, um, and the power of this trillion-dollar business that mm -hmm. we're in in travel, yeah. and it continues to grow. Um, we we have to partner um, and collaborate is the best word is to collaborate um, with our agency partners like travel leaders to to to, to make a, a perfect guest experience for your customers and our customers. Mm -hmm. That was the that was the rationale behind it. Well, we certainly appreciate it. Um, and no, and I think also it, it reduces the clutter in the marketplace. I think it's just more transparent. It's more clear, um, and certainly it makes it easier for our, our advisors to be able to work with the Hyatt brand in general. Um, so, what does growth look like for you? Like, is it brand wise? Like, are there any types of brands? Because I know there's recently um, an acquisition of Two Roads Hospitality, which is very exciting. I know that's sort of you know still in the works. But what other types of brands are you looking at? Um, what destinations are you looking at? So, um, great question. You're, you're quite right. There was an announcement um, about the you know the proposed acquisition of uh, of Two Roads, um, which um, we hope will conclude. Um, November. Um, other growth platforms, I mean, um, we get asked this question a lot. Um, and with Hyatt's, you know, one of our key focuses is that we want to grow strategically. Um, our focus is not to just go and grow for the sake of growth. Um, it's looking at the right, um, you know, the right locations, um, also the right possible um, acquisitions that align to our focus, um, which is luxury, lifestyle, and overall serving you know, the, the, the premium uh, customer. In terms of growth that we, that we can certainly share is that you know, our Park Hyatt brand uh, will continue to, to grow um, in key locations. So um, we will be opening Park Hyatt Los Angeles uh, within the next 18 months to two years. Um, we also will be opening Park Hyatt Auckland. We're very excited to be down in New Zealand. Um, in addition, we have Park Hyatt's um, Jakarta uh, on the horizon. We also have Park Hyatt Kyoto, uh, Park Hyatt Niseko. So if you just think, pause for a moment, think of Japan, mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to have Park Hyatt Tokyo, uh, Niseko, now Kyoto, and then obviously with Arandas in, in, in Tokyo as well. Um, it, it, that's what we call strategic growth um, because you can have you know, two, two days stay at Park Hyatt Tokyo, then take the bullet train uh, up to Kyoto and, and spend some time there. And then, you know, if, if Michael and Karen want to go for some skiing, they can go to Naseko as well, you know. Um, so Definitely won't find me skiing. Full <laughs> <laughs> transparency here. So Carmine and I will take you up on that in a heartbeat. So, yeah, that's just one example. Then um, if we look at our Andaz brand, um, in 2017 when... Um, 
sorry, 20, uh, 2007, I should say, um, when I was on property um, at then the Great Eastern Hotel that we acquired <coughs> in the east end of London. And that's when we announced we were going to launch the Andaz brand. So from fast forward to 11 years from now, we now have 17 Andaz hotels around the world. Um, and that will be added with uh, Andaz Munich um, as of next year, Andaz Vienna. Uh, we recently announced Andas Turks and Caicos. So I think that sort of explains that, you know, it's, you, you could argue, you could say, well, you know, that's 17 hotels in the space of 10 years, but we've opened in key locations. So mm -hmm. when we first started in London, it's, we then went to West Hollywood, we went to two in New York, then, you know, we're in Mayakoba, we're in Maui. The power of, of having those hotels in that location has really helped elevate our brand, and we've been consistent with that brand and what it serves. Um, then you talk about um, you know, the all-inclusive market. We had the pleasure of partnering with, um, with Playa, so we have, uh, we have an all-inclusive option. And again, that came out from listening to the voice of the customer. Uh, so it was, it was very much sort of customer-driven and data-driven, so we now have um, you know, a, a, a brand in, in with Hyatt, Ziva, and Zalara. Then there's no mistaking when we look at the select service brand, when I say the select service brand, certainly for the travel leaders, um, um, agents when they're listening to this, is that you know, the Hyatt House and Hyatt Place um, is instrumental to our growth strategy um, because again, drilling down to lifestyle, mm -hmm. we understand that you know, people, you know, customers have got to travel you know, either to what are called primary secu uh, cities, secondary cities, tertiary cities. And if you know, Michael and I have got our kids that are playing soccer, we're not gonna necessarily have a park Hyatt in in Cincinnati, but we understand that travelers, whether it's corporate, leisure, um, need that sort of select service brand. So you're gonna see a lot of growth in Hyatt Place and, and, and Hyatt House, especially in Asia Pacific. Um, and that's where it helps get our brand. And then naturally our core brand with Hyatt Regency uh, that was fundamental to the growth of, of, um, of Hyatt over 50 years ago, uh, continues to grow um, as, you know, again, a corporate uh, groups and a resort brand as well. So. Uh, we try and be purposeful. We try and open hotels um, in strategic locations, uh, which will benefit the brand, but also at the same time, looking at possible acquisitions that align to you know our our focus on looking after the premium customer. Great. So then, without giving out any trade secrets, um, would you say the focus is more on growing the brands that currently exist versus acquiring other brands that sort of fit into these tertiary markets, or just being more tactical per brand? It's, adding to the portfolio? There's a bit of both. Um, it's It goes back to saying strategic growth. Um, so if there is, um, you know, w when we engage with our development team, it's about looking at the right fits that fit where we want to go or where we maybe don't have, you know, product currently. Um, so, you know, the, the development team and, and our whole commercial leadership team are, are always open to, to look at uh, opportunities. But then also, back to your, your other question, is that, you know, our Park Hyatt brand, we use Park Hyatt brand for an example, you know, we are always keen to look at um, locations where we can expand that, where it fits the brand. You know, so, you know, an example would be, you know, how could we explore more Park Hyatts in Europe, for example? Um, and it comes down to the measurement of, you know, the cost of real estate uh, and the cost of operation, and, and more importantly, the most important factor, finding the right location. Mm -hmm. 
I'm really interested. One thing I think that Hyatt has done a really good job with, especially recently with the expansion of Onda's, um, you know, I think that if the two roads things ends up happening, that the Thompson brand falls very well into this. But there's a lot of there's a lot of hotel companies that sort of miss the step from you know. I'll, I'll talk about this from a business traveler. We've talked a lot about the difference in sort of coming from the business travel side, where I was an actual business traveler right, as a consultant for years, is there's sort of the, the hotels you earn points at and there's the hotel you burn points at, right? And there's sort of this dichotomy between those two. And that one of the interesting things I think Hyatt has done a really good job of is introducing the right sort of steps up the ladder, if you will, in sort of targeted ADR and product quality that allows me as a maturing traveler to go from where could I stay on a corporate account to how do I start to experience, right? When it went straight from Hyatt Regency to Park Hyatt, that was a huge jump. And now as sort of we grow older, you know, you talk about traveling with family or if I want to do friends locations, right? Andas, the Thompson brand are great sort of lifestyle experiential brands, right? That sort of help bridge the gap to Park Hyatt. Is that something you guys do consciously is try to fill in you know, sort of desire gaps in psychographics? Or is that just something that's happened because you look at and you say, we've got a portfolio whole and Andaz is the brand that real estate company A likes the best and so that's what we're gonna go with? Or is that sort of a conscious choice? It's a great question, um, Michael, and um, it really is. I mean, you know, most of the time is we try and look at everything purposeful, you know, is that if we use if we use the lifestyle space as an example where we have Andaz, is that, you know, you know, with the, the the news of of two roads, if we just look at you know, two two strong brands there as well, I mean you know you've got you know Thompson, you've got Alila, then you've got Joy de Verve, and then you've got Destination. Is that you know with Thompson alone, you know they they have such a strong brand, mm -hmm. so you know that then further potentially gives us you know great you know a, a great stake in the ground to say you know we truly can really cement ourselves in the lifestyle space with those brands, um, and then. Um, you know, Alila, um, you know, fantastic products um, in, in Asia Pacific with 13 of the properties, you know, that further enhances, you know, our focus on, you know, the well-being mm -hmm. um, side as well, which is another area that we... A huge focus for we'll Karen. Get there. Yeah. That, we, that, we, that we talked about as well. So um, to answer your question very quickly, Michael, yes, wherever we can, we look at things purposely is because, you know, we don't just go and necessarily say, right, we want that, we want to buy and buy. It's about how does it how will it fit in with the current um, you know the current brand portfolio we have and most importantly give our customers um, and partners the choice um, because your example of talking about it from a you know a generational standpoint is you know it, it's very true I mean we could you know we, we may have a, a younger demographic that you know maybe wants to experience and as um, or even higher place you know maybe through you know, going on there through a sporting activity, but then maybe when children come along or they're doing multi-generational trips, bringing the whole families together, it makes complete sense then maybe to have something at a Grand Hyatt mm -hmm. uh, or one of our Hyatt Regency resorts. So we just want to be able to give the, the choice and the options. Um, and that's the key focus around growth as well is that, we, you know, we have the right, you know, the right choice and options. So can we go to well-being now? Um, no, I wanted to talk about wellness, though, really, because I think this is a, a huge growing market, obviously. 
Um, you're getting a lot of attention as a brand for a lot of the investments you're making in wellness and well-being, whether it be um, the acquisition of Exhale Spas, um, whether it be Miraval and the growth of that brand. Um, and even you know, recently, your CEO spoke at a conference where he was um, talking a lot about how you're building your loyalty platform to be less of a, a points grab and more of a, a lifestyle wellness sort of product that people can use as they travel. Um, and I personally just feel very invested in, in why that is an important thing. Um, but I think a lot of brands struggle with it because they don't know how to measure it, um, especially in the short term. So I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on your growth strategy when it comes to wellness travel, um, how you promote those brands, and where you kind of see that going, how you measure it, and all that good stuff. Yeah, so I can talk a little bit about it in this space. Um, the first is that, you know, as Tristan mentioned earlier, Hyatt's purpose is that we care for people so the, they can be their best. That right there says a lot about where we're going. Um, we focus on well-being, which, you know, people have asked me, well, what's the difference between well-being and wellness? I kind of explain it. Wellness was the focus on the body, where wellness is, or that was wellness, sorry, and well-being is the focus on the mind and the body. Right? This is enlivened in everything we do from how we care for our internal customers, which are our staffs at the front desk, our salespeople, our corporate teams, and that extends to our customers like our travel advisors and their customers, right? So, you know, we did the acquisition of Miraval last year, which was, you know, the property in this space, right? We realized that we had a lot to learn from them. They had some things to learn from us as well. That's why we've grown uh, that particular brand very slowly to ensure that the next Miraval that opens does have that same Miraval focus, right? It's a very special experience. Anybody who's had the opportunity to visit Miraval, to truly go through the programming there, you know that it's a difference from going to the spa and enjoying a nice massage, you know, ear seating, different kind of things that are happening but a true wellness focus. And that's why we've strategically, you know, waited to ensure that, you know, when we do open another Miraval, which, you know, we do have coming up with Austin, Lennox shortly after, that they are able to do that as well. But we enliven that message in everything we do. So we are looking at where it makes sense bringing in that Miraval experience into our hotels. So Park Hyatt St. Kitts does have a Miraval spa at the property. Now, um, what we've heard from some of the customers is, we need to take a look at bringing in some more of the wellness uh, programming that is being offered at Miraval into that spa experience. So that's the feedback that we're looking for. Again, to see, hey, what else are you looking for in this space? Um, Exhale acquisition that you mentioned, again, shows what we're doing. Exhale offers fitness and spa centers in uh, very urban uh, locations. We are looking at where, again, it's appropriate to bring in Exhale as those fitness or spa offerings at, in some of our brands. I think Hyatt Centric is the first that we'll launch with that. And again, um, bringing in that customer kind of loyalty, we've offered our customer the ability to earn and burn their loyalty points at Exhale. Again, tying into that overall experience. The other thing that we've done with our loyalty program is we launched Find Experiences, which ties into that kind of experiential, transformational, acknowledgement, all these buzzwords that we're hearing in travel these days, which offers the customer the ability to get out of their hotels and experience something very local or unique in that market. 
So examples might be in India, you know, going in and learning calligraphy from a famous calligraphy artist. Um, in San Francisco, going in and making your own organic bath products. Um, here in New York, you can take a bonsai uh, class with a bonsai master. So really enlivening different, really truly experiential uh experiences for lack of a better well, word it's, like, it's taking wellness out of the spa right Correct. which is what everyone yeah. thinks it's about. well-being yeah exactly right. it's mm-hmm. like how do you experience a destination and actually become more immersed in it um go back to what you said before about staff i think you were saying that you know yeah. you have a, a strong sort of focus on wellness with your um, sales teams and with your front desk teams how do you how do you do that because i think personally for wellness to be achieved really well from a corporate level, it almost has to exist in the ethos of your company. So I'm curious to see what kinds of things you do to um, ingrain that in your staff. So we are launching a number of initiatives internally just for our employees on teaching them how to be more mindful, living the moment as exposed to trying uh, as as opposed to trying to capture the moment. We were talking about this earlier, where you might be somewhere experiencing some amazing, you know, sunset, and you're too busy trying to take a photo of it to actually enjoy it. Uh, so uh, we are offering various, uh, let's say training for lack of a better word reminders uh, things like even bringing in financial planning um, different offerings for our internal customers which as we said our own employees each month we do get a mindfulness calendar giving us little messages on today focus on you know being positive as uh, opposed to focusing on you know i miss the train or whatever it might be so just little offerings um bringing in fitness to our everyday work lives so a lot of different areas where we are trying to bring in that message that's really great i think especially when you have staff who are dealing with customers um just to get them to be able to shift their mood their mind and not be so reactive in a negative way i mean i just think that is so valuable it's really very cool it is i mean it and and just to back on what christina was saying is that you know it it is so important that we have something for our all our employees around the world on that because you know you're creating you're, you're creating something that's that's truly you know a common thread but at the same time you're also giving somebody a chance to understand them personally as well and understanding that in different parts of the world that there's you know there's different nuances and understand that having having a well-being platform for our employees you know allows people to truly be their best but at the same time it allows it allows their their character um, and their passion to come through um, and, and what they're doing and and likewise for our customers as well we, we we're very mindful that we want to we understand that what you may want to do on a long weekend Karen is very different to what Michael will want to do but you know how can we truly offer something around well-being as well um, and you know it's not just about the spa it's about just taking that moment you know like we're doing now is to truly talk about something and, and be in that moment and you know the benefits of you know having a digital detox um, these are the type of things and you know I'm, I'm, I know that you're seeing it as well from your customers as well is that you know people have got a craving for you know really sort of being a little bit more you know in, in touch with the moment and, and, and truly understanding what's important. No, and especially from a travel perspective, I mean, I think, you know, when travel was not as accessible as it is now, it was all about indulgence and experience and live in the moment and all of that. And I think now that 
we travel quite frequently. We don't want to feel like crap every time we come home. You know, we want to be able to try to maintain that lifestyle. And I think it's especially important, not just for people looking for the Miraval experience, but also people who are frequent travelers um, staying at on Onda's property to be able to very easily access those kinds of things. You just hit the nail on the head, um, you know, Karen, because that's important. And I remember hearing this one story when we were doing some, you know, when we were doing some sort of customer deep dive insights with some of our brands is that, you know, let me be able to try and live my life, you know, when I'm traveling as well. So, for example, if you've just come off a, you know, a red-eye flight or if you've just done a 12-hour flight and you're going to Asia Pacific, you know, make sure that if I'm arriving at 2 a.m. that I can still order some room service and it doesn't need to be a club sandwich. There is a simple green salad on there or let me continue to, I may not want to use the gym or there may not be a gym, but help me connect with something locally that allows me to love. And that's what brings us to life with well-being, with Exhale, with Miraval. So we're using some of those experts to help us weave this into our overall uh, experience for our employees, for our customers, and just generally for for, for, for the, the purpose of what we do with Hyatt. And are you able to talk at all about what that looks like from a loyalty um, perspective? Um, I think, again, your CEO is talking a little bit about your app and, and different types of features your loyalty app will have for travelers. Is that something that's in development in terms of, I, I just feel like I remember him speaking about some there wellness is, specific things. There is, there's a whole, there's, there's, a, there's a whole sort of technical, technological developments um, where we want to really sort of weave in everything we're doing with not just with well-being but within all of our brands you know to, to make it personalized so you know that's either through you know our higher tap um, or just generally by working with our partners as well I thought there was uh, I stay at the Grand Hyatt here all the time um, and one of the things I love that you guys have done through the loyalty program um, obviously a loyalist is the get a bottle of water thing, which Karen knows I have this like crazy obsession about getting water when I get into hotels. It's like my single biggest annoyance in the world is if I cannot find water. As you said, you land at two in the morning and like, I just want a bottle of water before I go to bed. But I actually like the way Hyatt does it, which is you check in and you get the option to go to the market and get water, which means it's not wasted if I don't drink it, but it's accessible to me when I want it. And it seems like a little thing, but I really like that sort of, it's, it's a small touch, but it's an intelligent touch because it means that it's, it's sort of on demand. It's mine if I need it, and if I don't need it, it's not there, right? I always struggle with the idea of common amenities and how often those things become wasted. But uncommon amenities, but accessible, I think is an awesome trend and something that Hyatt has done in a really interesting way that I really like, right? It's a small touch, but it's a nice, hey, thank you for being a member. These are yours when you need them, but we're not just gonna pile six bottles of water in your room that you may never touch, and now all of a sudden we have to recycle. So it's little things, but I do think it's a reflection of what's important to hide. And that's one of the things we talk about all the time with brand communication is how do I build on what we want to be visibly important to our customers, to our partners, et cetera. I had an awesome Grand Hyatt experience during the US Open and that there were literally kids playing tennis in the lobby of the Hyatt, which was incredible because they have all the junior tournaments going on. So you're watching all these kids walk through with the big tennis bags and prep for the US Open. And they're like in the corner, right, doing a four foot volley. But talk about- Was you that know, planned or was that just kids in the I'm, lobby? Yeah. I'm 99% sure this was just kids in the lobby running amok. But it's the sort of thing that you walk into a property and there's just, you can't help but say that that gives it energy, yeah. right? You've got the US Open advertising and the Wilson Gall and you can see pro tennis players coming in and out, but you also just see these kids like, 
they don't know any better. They're having this amazing trip to New York to get to play tennis associated with one of the biggest tennis tournaments in the world. And they're going to celebrate the way they celebrate. And I think that the energy that that brings to a property and the, you were talking about before with family travel and like the different offers and the value that Hyatt creates is something that I always love. I mean, I stay at that hotel basically every time I come to New York because it's got something that's easy to connect to. And I think that's so important for frequent travelers is just give me the little touches that make me feel like I know what I'm getting and why, and I can be comfortable in this space. Well, thank you for that, Michael. And that's, you know, that, that ties back. I mean, again, you know, we're in New York and there's a, a, a plethora of great hotels just in this city. So, you know, it's, it's nice to, to hear that and, and, the, and the choice available. But if that all goes back, the example you just give goes back to what we're saying about we you know, we, we try and demonstrate we care for people to be their best, you know. And, you know, we also learned actually, you know, travel leaders, you, you helped us ensure to stay on this course, you know, a good sort of you know, four or five years ago now is that, you know, it's about, you know, allow, allow, allow the customers, you know, really to sort of be efficient, whether it's their, their leisure stay or their business stay. And it was the whole premise as you talked about water, but, you know, you had also shared uh, a good few years ago when the whole debate was going on, do you charge a Wi-Fi? Mm -hmm. Not for, you know. So, you know, that was that was one thing that you know that that we certainly did uh, across our brands at that time was 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 offering Wi-Fi. Um, it's one of the prefaces between the Andaz brand um, that we that we focused we focused on since day one when launching the brand is that, you know, we had a lot of customer insights saying, you know, we're sick to death of being nickeled and dined, you know, charging, you know, charging for everything. And so with the Andaz brand. You know, you do get your your, your complimentary soft mm -hmm. drinks in the bar. You get your Wi-Fi. Um, you do even get a, like a, a welcome coffee and drink. To you know, that that's relevant to that brand. But these are the type of things that that we try and sort of really sort of demonstrate and focus on. And so I think that's you. one of the best things about Hyatt is uh, Tristan has uh, alluded to a few times during this podcast is that we listen to our customers, but we come back and give you know results. We don't just listen and walk away and say, that was a great session, thanks, and then you never hear anything. But we actually listened, and I can say that having come full circle because I was on you know, a few of those boards and committees saying, you shouldn't charge for Wi-Fi, and here's why. This is what you should be doing around your book direct messaging because we know it's not going to go away. And to be part of a brand that has said, okay, we're going to put our money where our mouth is, is something that I think is incredible about Hyatt. But yeah. we we, st we we still learn and we still listen and mm -hmm. you know the, you know we will you know trip over now and again um, but you know the, the focus is a transparent conversation and you know listening you know, that's that's the key thing you know is always listening to the to the voice of the customer. While you guys are listening, I'm really hoping this two roads acquisition goes through because uh, the Cape is one of my favorite hotels in the world in Cabo, and I'm hopeful <laughs> to be able to burn my points there in the near future. So if you guys can get that done, that would be awesome. On that note, <laughs> thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a really great, um, great time to spend with you. And honestly, I could not think of a better partner to have for our very first sort of partner exchange. So, um, so thank you. And thank you. For last question us. to leave it off on. Put it you on the spot a little. Bit is what makes you most excited for the future of Hyatt, the future of travel? Like, what is it that that kind of gets you excited? For me, I, I think that we're so fortunate to be in this industry. I think the the the, the, the travel industry is, as we shared, it, it's such a growth industry. It's an industry that can, you know, that can that that you can knight. It can it can break down borders and boundaries. Um, the the fact that it's one industry where you 
you can go and experience different cultures, get to know uh, different people, um, and just bring everybody together is, is fantastic. And you know, as it relates to Hyatt, um, you know, I've been very fortunate with the company for 15 years in this business, in this industry for 22 years, is that you know, bringing it back to understanding the business we're in. We're in the hospitality business. Although technology is fantastic, you know, what I'm very excited about is working with technology, you know, and our partners is to bring that human touch uh, more so than ever to life uh, as we create personalized experiences, personalized relationships with our partners, personalized engagements with our employees, owners. Uh, that's what excites me uh, and what we can try and do uh, with the growth of, um, of our brands uh, and partnerships. So um, I just say thank you as well for, uh, for this opportunity. I think for me, it's uh, Hyatt's ability to take risk. We aren't afraid to try new and exciting things, and frankly, we do quite often. Uh, we don't always get it right, uh, but we aren't afraid to say, okay, we messed that one up, let's take it back and try again, and that's really exciting. We have so many great initiatives that we are you know, working on, that we've launched, that we continue to focus on. Just that ability to say, it's okay, we're going to give it a shot. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. No, certainly. And especially in an industry where I think we struggle to innovate, you need that. You need that ability to take those risks as a company and be able to own up to them and then you know mold yourselves and get better. So I love that. So on that note, thank you so much for joining us. Um, everyone who's listening, as usual, if you have any feedback, questions, comments, um, just email us at selectinsights at travelleaders.com. And on that note, happy travels. Thank you. Thank you.